0: Wasn't that a great special from Audra Harkey? You know she's been. Yeah, there's a whole uh, company of, of people like Audra who have been doing the Night Watch for you know four or five, six years. I mean I think Audra came to the Night Watch when she was 18 years old. Uh, there's many others. We've got Clay Edwards, um, that's uh, Missy's brother, with Alicia Powell. She did a seminar yesterday. Leah Morgan did a, a seminar earlier today. And, and uh, Zach Hensley, Kyle Gebhardt, and just many others who have been doing the Night Watch for about four or five years. And um, they continue to inspire my own heart as I watch them um, uh, day in and day out as I have uh, had a chance to observe them over the last four or five years and uh, just wrestling to the various uh, struggles of life and all the different uh, obstacles that come with doing the Night Watch lifestyle and yet seen them pressing through those obstacles in the grace of God. I think of Zechariah 4.6, where uh, the prophet Zechariah prophesies uh, to Zerubbabel in the context of the building of the house of prayer, and he says that, um, that they should prophesy grace, grace uh, to these obstacles. And uh, day in and day out, and year in and year out, I um, had the privilege of standing with these night watchmen and women who... Um, Uh, plow through these obstacles uh, in the grace of God. And so I've got uh, a deep respect for them, and I cannot think of of a group of people that I'd rather work with than the ones who I stand with in the night. Uh, Turn your Bibles with me to uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I want to talk to us tonight about the generation of Jacob. I will contend for end time power. The generation of Jacob contending for end time power. I believe that we are living in a crucial hour of history. It is my conviction that we are living in a a transitional generation, which will be marked by unprecedented power, unprecedented divine activities. And the Lord is looking for ministries that will have divine information from the councils of heaven to encourage, to prepare, to equip the church, the nations of the earth for the unique dynamics that will be coming uh, to this planet, I believe, in this generation. Let's read from John chapter 3, verse 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. Father, we say, oh God, that you have been good, that you've been true and that you've been faithful, oh God, to every generation. And Father, we know, oh God, that you'll be good and faithful to this generation. Father, we ask you, Lord, even tonight, Lord, that you would release, Lord, a realm of power. Father, that you would touch your people. Father, even those, O God, who are tuned in through God TV tonight, Lord, we ask you for the realm of power, O God, to touch them. Father, we ask you for the spirit of revelation. Father, we ask you, O God, that you would ignite hearts, O God, that you would strengthen hearts, Lord, that you would make known, Father, the hope of your calling. Father, that you would establish a vision, O God, deep in the hearts of your people tonight. Lord, you said in your word... And where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, that your people cast off restraint. So, Father, we ask you tonight, Lord, that you would have mercy on us, O oh God, and that you would open up the very floodgates of heaven, Lord, that you would release revelation upon our hearts. Lord, that you would give us insight where the things that are in your heart in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. We just read out of John chapter 3, verse 29. Again, the Lord is calling for Friends of the Bridegroom Ministries. Forerunners. And the reason why they're called Friends of the Bridegroom is because they will be men and women, young and old, who will have a deep intimacy with God. They will have a deep friendship with the Godhead. And they will have clear understanding of the ownership the Lord has over His people. They will have deep understanding that that the people of God belong to the Lord. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, that we have been bought with a uh, a price, that we are no longer our own, that we have been purchased by the Son of God. And I believe that these ministries will have a clear understanding that, uh, that the people of God belong to the Lord. That's why John the Baptist says, He who has the bride is the bridegroom. In other words, that these ministries will not... Use their strength and their authority to use the people of God for their own gain, but rather they will lay their lives down as bond servants to raise up a people who will fall madly in love with the Son of God. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. They will have um, as a primary occupation the pursuit of the one thing that is needed which is intimacy with God. that's why they're called friends of the bridegroom. And these forerunners at the end of the age will minister out of their primary identity, which is friendship with the Son of God, flowing out of her bridal identity. I think it was Alan last night mentioned out of 1 Kings 17 verse 1 when he uh, spoke about Elijah, that when Elijah stood before King Ahab, Elijah identified himself as the one who stands before the God of the whole earth. I, I, Elijah, gave. he identified himself as one who, um, who lives a life of standing before the Lord in a place of worship, in a place of intercession, and in a place of intimacy with God. And these prophetic messengers at the end of the age are ones who, as their primary function, will operate in their priestly intercessory call. John the Baptist goes on to say in verse 29, he says that he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, uh, the forerunner, these anti-ministries are the ones who stand and the ones who hear. And when John the Baptist is speaking of standing, he is speaking of standing in a priestly ministry. They will uh, function primarily in their priestly intercessory call. They will stand before the Lord, very much like Elijah who stands before the God of the whole earth. It says in Revelation chapter 11 that even the two witnesses, they they stand before the God of the whole earth. The archangel Gabriel, when he appeared to Zacharias, the the, the father of the first forerunner, John the Baptist, when Zechariah r- refused to believe the word of the Lord, uh, Gabriel said, "I am Gabriel, who stands in the very presence of God, that, and, and indicating that, it, that his identity that his primary function is one who ministers to the God of the whole earth, and these forerunners, these prophetic messengers will have a, a, a revelation of intercession. They will have a deep conviction. They will have embraced the grace of God. They will be strengthened in the inner man. They will be like the prophet Ezekiel who was strengthened. Uh, the very spirit of God entered his being and caused him to to stand in the very presence of God and to, to speak the very oracles of God to the Lord and then to be commissioned by the Lord to be a prophet to the nations. They will operate not only in a priestly Office, but they will also operate in a prophetic anointing. They will, they will hear. They will hear the very word of the Lord through a release of dreams and visions, angelic visitations, prophetic impressions, the the spirit of revelation being released upon the word of God and and them getting a clear insight in in as to what the Lord is saying um, to the church and to the nations of the earth. Now the primary source of the forerunner's emotional stability will not be the accolades of men, but their emotional sustenance will come from the Word of God. John the Baptist goes on to say about himself that the friend of the bridegroom is one who rejoices greatly. These will be prophetic men and women, young and old, who will have the burden of the Lord. They will have insight into the coming glory they will have insight into the coming crisis they will carry the burden of the Lord but in the very depth of their being they will rejoice greatly they will have emotional stability why because they have heard the Word of the Lord. their food and their strength will be the Word of God whether it will be the encounters of the Lord that will come from the Holy Spirit, but I also believe that their primary source of emotional stability will come from, uh, from encountering the Word of God and the meditation of the Word. It will be a ministry that will be filled with with, uh, with much opposition. There will be much misunderstanding. There will be much pressure. There will be much rejection. There will be uh, uh, much... Uh, 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 John the Baptist was accused of, a man, uh, of being demonized and being a drunkard. The, the most glad man that um, walked in that time, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was called the friend of the bridegroom, the one who was called um, a, a prophet, yet more than a prophet, by the Son of God, by the, the conference crowd, at the end of the day, he was called demonized and a drunkard. I tell you what, uh, uh, the the, the praise of man or the accusations of man did not move the heart of this man called John the Baptist. Why? Because he had heard the word of the Lord. He was a man who had given himself to the word of God um, by which he was able to enter into a place of deep joy on the inside. I love the definition that Alan gave us last night about joy, that joy is knowing on the inside that we're loved by God. That there's not an ounce of doubt in the inner man that we are loved by God. Joy is having no regret on the inside. Joy is being able to lay our head on our pillow every night without our conscience being uh, troubled by, yet having entered into compromise yet again. Joy is having freedom in the inner man. Joy is, is experiencing the, the resurrection life of the Son of God moving deep down inside of our own hearts. And the friend of the bridegroom is the one who will greatly rejoice because he has heard the Word of the Lord. Beloved, I want to say something. The cure to your depression is meditating on the Word of God. The, 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 the cure to suicidal thoughts being silenced in our minds, is by giving ourselves to the Word of God. There's some of you over here tonight that are, that are battling with suicidal thoughts. There's different ones of you who are battling with, with depression. If that is you, I want you to stand. We want to pray for you. If depression is something that you've been battling, we want you to stand. We want to pray for you. Even those who are on God TV tonight, you might be battling with depression. We want to take some time and pray for you. That's why I invite you to now, now, Thank you. Just go ahead and give them applause because that takes a lot of courage for them to, to stand and to admit that they're struggling with this. Now, now just walk up to them. Just uh, go up to the one nearest and let's just take a moment and pray for them, and ask the Lord to break the power of accusation. For the Lord to break off the spirit of heaviness. For the Lord to silence uh, uh, these arrows that come against their mind. They're, they come at them like fiery darts from the enemy. But Father, we come before you. Father, we ask you, Lord, even now, Lord, in this auditorium, Lord God, that you would release, O oh God, the power of the blood of your Son. Father, we counsel, O oh God, every assignment of depression. Father, we cancel every assignment of suicide against these these excellent ones in whom is all your delight. Father, we ask you, Lord, that by your Spirit, Lord, that you would beautify them with salvation. Father, you said in your Word that you would give us perfect peace when our minds are set on you, because we trust in you. So, Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would give them grace to... To gird the very loins of their minds. To fix their minds on the things above. Father, even those who are tuned in with us tonight on the TV. Father, in the hotel rooms, in their, in their homes. Father, we ask you that even now, Lord, that you would come with power. Lord, that you'd visit them, Lord, with strength and peace. Strengthen them in the inner man. Release the fire of your spirit. Silence the accuser even now, Lord. Break the power of depression. Lord, we ask you, God, that you would release the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, even now in Jesus' name. Break in with the word of the Lord, O God, and cause them to rejoice greatly deep in the inner man, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're in a desperate need for an inbreaking of a clear prophetic trumpet blast that will plumb line our hearts before the Lord with the knowledge of His will. So that we would equip, so that we will be equipped to live lives, apostolic lifestyles of fasting and prayer and meditation in the Word. These prophetic messengers, these friend and the bridegroom, they will be Men and women who will be empowered, who will be equipped with the, with the true word of the Lord. They will be sustained by the word of the Lord. They will live for the word of the Lord. They will proclaim the word of the Lord. They will, they themselves will become living oracles. The Lord in this hour is calling for prophetic messengers who in the very timing of the Lord will then be commissioned by the word of the Lord with great end time power authority equipping the church the nations of the earth for the end time crisis of trouble and glory that will precede the second coming of the Lord to establish the very government of God on this planet this invitation calls for the cultivating of a vision for end time impact which means That the reality of the book of Revelation impacts our 20 to 30 year life vision. But the Lord is calling us to those who are um, being marked by the Lord. There's different ones of you who have been marked by the Lord in days past. There's different ones of you who the Lord is going to be marking tonight. And this marking is unto cultivating a um, not a power ministry for the ministry line, though we want to move in power in the ministry line. Don't get me wrong, but it's about a life vision of 20, 30 years of of eating the scroll, of cultivating a deep life in study and meditating on the word, and and uh, laying hold of the grace of fasting and 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 developing the spirit of prayer in our lives and in our hearts, so that when the glory and the crisis comes, that these messengers would have clarity. They would have the word of the Lord. They will have insight to bring strength and courage and comfort uh, to the church, that a church would stay strong in the grace of God, grow in affection for the Son of God, and that they would have the word of the Lord to the nations to bring in the great global end-time harvest. So the Lord is going to call these forerunners to be trained and equipped uh, by the Holy Spirit. In Daniel chapter six, verse ten, it's, it's one of my favorite passages where uh, because I believe that the prophet Daniel is uh is one of the most excellent examples of a of an of a, of an anti messenger who in the very days of his youth had a conviction in his heart to go deep in a place of prayer to go deep in a place of fasting to go deep in a place of, of 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 the word of god and cultivating a spirit of excellence and holiness and obedience unto the lord so that in the moment of crisis when the nation of israel was in was in transition that old frail saint called Daniel the prophet, at the age of 85, at the age of 90, he would give himself to fasting and prayer that the very prince of Persia could not withstand the intercession of that man. At, At one point, the very prince of Greece could not withstand the prayers of that old saint. The prophet Daniel had Such a life of prayer before God that when the prophet Ezekiel was in the prison camps, he was praying to the Lord, asking the Lord as to what it is that he was doing to the nation of Israel. The Lord said to him, Ezekiel, even if Daniel, even if Daniel would pray to me, at this moment he would only be able to save himself, not this people. Now, what does it say about a man that he is the example of prayer and authority, that, you know, Ezekiel is having his quiet time, and God speaks to him about Daniel as a man of prayer and a man of authority. And I believe that at the end of the age, that the Lord is going to raise up all across the earth, men and women, young and old, who will be known in the very courts of heaven. They will be known by the angels. It's uh, that Gabriel appeared to Daniel. And he says, Daniel, I have come because of your words. From the moment you set your heart to understand, from the moment you set your heart to humble yourself before the Lord, from the very moment that you lifted your voice before the very courts of heaven, I was sent to you from the very Godhead to give you divine information. But what was the secret of Daniel's life? The secret of Daniel's life was found here in Daniel uh, chapter 6, verse 10. I can't but help to do this. I I, I think that it's Kirk Bennett sitting right there. I'm, I'm looking right at him. And Kirk was the one who pointed... Yeah, go ahead and clap. Kirk Bennett was the one who gave me this verse about, about uh, I don't know, it was 10 years ago. So a story. He said, this is the secret of Daniel's life and it stayed with me. He said, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed... He went home and he went into his upper room. Now what had happened was Daniel was so given to the conviction of prayer, he had such an understanding that the government of God uh, went forth through intercession and through prayer that even when the evil leader in his time signed a decree saying that if anyone were to pray to any other God, that they would die, that they would be killed. And Daniel heard about the decree, and it did not face him. It didn't face him. He went back to his room, he closed the door behind him, and he faced, uh, opened up the window, and he faced Jerusalem. And here comes the secret of Daniel's life. And he knelt down on his knees. Now by this time, Daniel is about 85 years old. You know, One Thing Conference was 70 years ago for Daniel. Seventy years ago, he heard the call to intercession. Seventy years ago, he heard the call to fasting and prayer. Seventy years ago, he heard the call to go deep in the Word of God. And here he is, 85, 90 years old, and it says he knelt on his knees three times that day, and he prayed, and he gave thanks before his God as it was his custom since his early days. As it was his custom since the day of his youth. Those who are called to be prophetic messengers must in this hour have a vision to be anointed during the last three and a half years of natural history called the Great Tribulation. It will be the hour of greatest crisis before the Lord returns. And it will be the hour of the greatest release of glory and power and authority upon the church before the Lord returns also. If there's any time when we want the lamps of our ministries burning and shining, it is during that hour. If there's any hour that we want, uh, have something to say that really matters to the people, it's in the hour of greatest uh, in the hour of greatest crisis. I mean, I'm standing here before you tonight, profoundly aware that most of you are here because of a web blast, or you know, an email blast, or brochure, or flyer, or that kind of deal. So, welcome. Thanks for coming. But, um, <laughs> but the vision that is in my heart is: Can I be? with a company of people, that it is power that draws the crowd, not the internet. Is it the word of the Lord that draws people? Why? Because the word of the Lord brings clarity, it brings comfort, it makes sense to the hearts of the people as to what's going on. John the Baptist was such a man. He was a voice crying in the wilderness and it said that People from all the regions, from all across the nation came to hear what this man had to say. They didn't have the internet in John's day. They didn't have the website. They didn't have God TV. They didn't have microphones. They didn't have anything. But the power of God resting upon this man, the word of the Lord that That served as a magnet to draw the crowds to hear the very heart of God being communicated to that generation. And beloved, tonight I believe the Holy Spirit is is wanting to put before us this vision, this vision to be anointed with power, to be anointed with authority, to be anointed with the word of the Lord, so that in the hour of crisis, and the hour of glory, there will be messengers, there will be living oracles who will speak to the nations of the earth, bringing in the great harvest and speaking to the church of Jesus Christ, keeping her in the path of the grace of God, to stand strong before the Lord, and in the power of all his might. This new company of men and women, young and old. They will be living oracles. They will possess in their being the very creative word of the Lord that will be matched by a realm of power that combines the power ministry of the book of Exodus and the power ministry of the book of Acts will be brought together in one generation. I want to prophesy to you tonight, there is a company of people that are coming The Lord is going to raise up apostolic men and women who will have the creative word of the Lord in them that the very weather patterns of the nations will be transformed by the word of the Lord to confirm the very power of the gospel. They will speak and food will appear to the hungry to confirm the very word of the Lord. They will speak and they will prophesy and the very atmosphere of cities will be saturated with the very fear of the Lord. This company of people, the Lord is going to raise them up. And some of you are here tonight and some of you are, are tuned in tonight on God TV. The Lord has spoken to you about, about power. You have a vision for power and the Lord is going to heal the sick and He's going to cast out demons and He's going to raise the dead. But beloved, the very the very cosmos is going to be affected by the word of the Lord. The sun will grow dark. The moon will be turned into blood. Signs. In the heavens, wonders in the earth. The waters turned into blood. Contaminated water healed by the word of the Lord. These men and women will have an understanding that this power will be given to them by the Lord to serve the very people of God. The Lord is going to manifest His zeal in his desire to partner with his church. He's going to fascinate us. He's going to cause us to, to stand in awe of him and to wonder at his desire and his longing to share the very power of heaven with the saints. These end-time prophetic messengers, they will be raised up in the context of of a life of prayer and fasting in the Word over an extended period of time. It will take a lifetime for these messengers to be raised up. Because I believe that it takes a lifetime for deliverers to be raised up. They, the Lord will raise up these messengers in the deserts of fasting and the divine prison sentences forming in them intense convictions of righteousness. These forerunners will possess an unwavering spirit and an unwavering loyalty to the Son of God; hence, they'll be friends of the Bridegroom. And last night, spoke to us about John the Baptist out of Matthew 11, how Jesus said, "What did you go see in the wilderness? Did you go see uh, a reed that was easily shaken?" He goes no. John the Baptist was a man who was anointed with the might deep in the inner man. He was a man who had an unwavering conviction in righteousness. He had an un Wavering loyalty to the Son of God. He is a friend of the Bridegroom. This pursuit of this mandate will be filled with many pressures. There will be many pressures. There will be social pressures. They'll be faced with with rejection and, and misunderstanding. There will be spiritual pressures, beloved. The the, uh, the arrows of the enemy that will come against these messengers. And temptations, and and spiritual attacks, and and uh, being attacked with despair, and and loneliness, and and rejection, and and feelings of not belonging. Uh, uh, these pressures will come, but these forerunners they must strengthen themselves in the Word of the Lord, so that they will rejoice greatly deep within their heart. There'll be physical pressures because of the of the of the intensity of the lifestyle of of fasting and prayer and study. You know, study is very um some of the the, the uh, uh king solomon tells us in in ecclesiastes 12 he says that that much study wearies the body there is uh how, now how many of you can relate to that especially those of you in high school you're like gee you're waste it's like man <laughs> you know what i mean it takes energy <laughs> it takes energy to study it, it, so there's so there's physical pressure that come with that there, it, it takes energy to fast it takes energy to pray Just turn with me to Psalm 24. As I mentioned earlier, I want to talk to us about the generation of Jacob. The generation of Jacob that will contend for the end time power. Psalm 24. Father, we ask you, Lord, even tonight, Lord, we ask you for an increase, Lord, of your presence. Father, even the release of fire, Lord, that you brought earlier in the meeting. Lord, we ask you that you would increase, Lord, the presence of fire. Even now, let's all just close our eyes and just ask the Lord to come with the weight of his presence. The fire of God touching our hearts. Those who are watching from your home, just close your eyes. Lord, we ask you, Lord, you release the spirit of burning, Lord, even now, Lord, upon them. Come Lord. Lord, we ask that you would mark those who are called to be messengers. Men and women, come with your fire Lord. There's a generation that has an invitation of the Lord to ascend the hill of the Lord. I believe that this generation has an invitation of the Lord to ascend into an unprecedented realm of revelation, power, and authority. It says, who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place? Who will stand in the place of prayer and fasting, entering into the realm of power, revelation, wisdom, and the word of the Lord? Who will ascend and who will stand? Who will stand in the councils of the Lord? That's the invitation of the Lord to this generation. The psalmist, he prophesies and he calls. This end-time generation, he calls it Jacob. This end-time generation is described as a generation that will seek God's face. It's a generation that is called Jacob by the psalmist. It's a generation that will pursue intimacy with the Lord. The generation in which the Lord returns... We'll have much (laughs) of the characteristics of Jacob. Cunning, deceiving, manipulative, unsettled issues, but has a longing for God. (laughs) Very much like myself, most of us in this room, Jacob, cunning, deceiving, Manipulative. I was reading the story of Jacob the other day. It was amazing how many times Jacob used God told me to get his way when God did not tell him anything. Okay. No need to develop that point. (laughs) The generation of Jacob. By the way, it's my opinion that using God's name to get our way is a manifestation of using the Lord's name in vain. But why Jacob? Why the generation of Jacob? Not just because of the characteristics which the Lord is going to transform, the Lord is going to engage this generation in a wrestling match. He's going to transform us. He's going to renew us. He's going to give us a new name. But the Lord also gave Jacob a very powerful promise. He gave him a promise of an open heaven in Genesis 28. He said, Jacob, you are going to see heaven open." And you will see angels ascending and descending on the very ladder of heaven. The Lord Jesus gave the same promise to the apostle Nathaniel. He said, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. He says, you will see heaven open. And you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I believe there the Lord is talking about there's going to be a release of power. There's going to be a release of revelation, divine communication, divine understanding. There's going to be an increase, a a release of dreams and visions and Holy Spirit visitations and trances and being taken up in the realm of the Spirit and all manner of divine communication is going to come to the generation called Jacob. There's going to be healings is going to be released it's going to be deliverances that will be released why because of the realm of the angels because of the open heavens that will be released in in uh, sometimes in even very specific geographical areas all across the earth The Lord is going to be raising up centers all across the earth who will contend for the power of God, for the open heavens, for angels to ascend and to descend in in various geographical areas across the earth. Now to walk in the realm of power, it will require an unusual dedication and consecration to the Lord. The psalmist says, who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place, it are those who have clean hands, a pure heart, whose souls cling to God and God alone, and who have truth formed in their inmost part, in the very deepest recesses of their, of their hearts, of their being. There is the, there is the ruling and the reigning and the establishing of the spirit of truth deep in the inner man. The Apostle Paul called it in Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. He called it the Son of God. Christ being formed in the inner man. This generation will be called to be like true Israelites. In whom there is no guile. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. when At the same time I believe when Daniel was purposing in his heart to... To live a life of fasting and prayer, Daniel also purposed it in his heart to not defile himself. And tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to uh, release grace upon our hearts. To tonight, to tonight, settle in our hearts to not defile ourselves. To tonight, to make a covenant with our eyes. To tonight, make a covenant to, to contend for purity in our hearts. To tonight, to contend for purity in our minds, the Holy Spirit will be there to help us. Uh, to tonight, to put an end to uh, uh, to pornography. To tonight, to put an end to immorality. For tonight, to lay aside our our bitterness and to cling uh, to the grace of God and to to experience the the, uh, the resurrection life of the Son of God in us through fasting and prayer um, over over decades of forming and establishing truth and holiness in our heart. Tonight, today is the day of salvation. Today, if we hear the voice of the Lord, that us not harden our hearts. Today, we must respond. And grace is available today to say yes to the grace of God. Uh, uh, grace is available today to push delete on yesterday. Uh, 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 grace is available today to say, uh, to push delete on Last night, it is uh, grace to push the lead on last week. It is grace to delete, uh, push the lead on our past. It is grace uh, to push the lead on who did what wrong, what wrong to us, beloved. Tonight is the time to lay hold of grace to purpose it in our hearts to not defile ourselves and to live lives of holiness before the Lord. Tonight is the night. Now, there are some of you here tonight, there's two categories of people in this room. There are those who have lived, you know, (laughs) lives that were described by the Apostle Paul. He said, things that men and women do in darkness, he goes, it is even too shameful to even talk about it. That's one category. Then there's the other category that didn't live that kind of life. They never did drugs, never gotten drunk, don't even know where to start if they wanted to get drunk. I mean, like, you know, they <laughs> don't even know where to begin. You know, it's like, okay. And, but here's the problem. The, the the problem is, is that I want to I want to speak to that category of people tonight. The problem is, is that that category of people have bought into a lie that is as old as human history. It's a lie that started in the Garden of Eden. It is a lie that goes like this: I've never been drunk in my life, so I cannot minister to someone who has been drunk. I've never done drugs in my life, and so I will not be able to minister to a drug addict. I've never committed a crime, therefore I cannot minister to prisoners. I've never um, acted out immorality. I've thought about immorality, but I've I've never acted out... I've never acted out an immorality, so I wouldn't even know where to begin. Therefore, I cannot minister to people who've lived this kind of life. And people who are in that category have been kind of written off as kind of simpletons and just kind of naive, and they just don't know much about love. Beloved, that was the very lie that came from the serpent to Eve. When he told her, that the only way that she can have wisdom in life is she, if, if she has knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> Beloved, it's a lie. Let me tell you something. There is a man who's leading all of human history and he never got drunk in his life. He never did drugs He never gave himself to immorality. And he's got perfect wisdom in him are rooted all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of it. He possesses it in his being. He knew no sin. He was tempted in every way. And yet he knew no sin. And God has entrusted his government to that man. And he knew no sin. And the Lord is raising up messengers in this hour who will lay the axe at the root of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that promises people wisdom. It is a lie, beloved. The only way to grow in wisdom, power, and authority is by growing in the knowledge of God through fasting, prayer, and the word of God in obedience to the Lord. If you have found yourself buying into the lie of, well, I haven't done this and I haven't done that, therefore I'm disqualified, I want you to stand. You wouldn't even know where to begin how to get drunk. You don't even know what the beer bottle looks like. Not really, you know, it's just, (laughs) you know what I mean. I want to pray for you. Father, I ask you for revelation. Lord, to touch these ones who are standing here. Touch them, Lord. Fill them with the knowledge of your will. Fill them with the knowledge of God. Father, those who are tuned in into the TV tonight, visit them, Lord, even now, Lord. Strengthen them with might. Grace, grace to them, Lord. Grace, grace. Strengthen them in the knowledge of you. In the Son of God... Are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Maybe see that. How the Lord brought Jacob to the end of himself in Genesis 32. What happens is Jacob is on his way back to the land that the Lord promised him in Genesis 32. he's about to face his brother who's very angry with him. And Jacob is afraid. He's terrified. And what Jacob does is he gets his house in order so he can be alone with God. And as Jacob was alone with God, God came to him and began to wrestle with Jacob through the night. These prophetic messengers... The generation called Jacob, in this hour, the Lord wants to give us wisdom to begin rearranging our lives in such a way that we can spend time alone with God. We can give ourselves to corporate prayer so that we can enter into a place where God can come and wrestle with Jacob. It's in a place of prayer. It's in a place of fasting where we begin to wrestle with her unsettled issues. What is interesting is that Jacob finds himself alone at night. I want to apply that in three ways. It's wrestling with God alone in the night of sin. Besetting sins, temptations of the flesh that come at us, that in the place of prayer, God wants to give us grace to strengthen us, to deliver us, to heal us. For some, it is a night of difficult circumstances. And for some, I had to say this because I'm a night watcher, it is a night watch. The Lord is calling some to wrestle with God in the night, to contend for power in the night. To contend for the changing of the spiritual atmospheres over cities. To contend for the changing of the spiritual atmosphere on the inside. It's one of the reasons why, why I do the night watch. I, I have faced more of my personal demons doing this thing. If it wasn't for you know, the Audras and the Kyles and the Clays and the Leas and the Elishas, watching them push through the obstacles in the grace of God. I don't know if I would have still been doing this. My point is, it is a wrestle. And some of you are tonight that the Lord, um, uh, you have a longing in your heart to stand in the night. Some of you, the Lord has spoken to you to stand by night. Those of you who are watching God TV he come April first. Um uh, God T V is going to be broadcasting night and day prayer, at two AM to six a.m. in various time zones. I kinda of get a chuckle out of that, that the whole house of prayer in Kansas City is going to be leading the Night Watch worldwide. I just I just like that. That's uh, um, so I like that. And I want to encourage those who are at home to to settle it now, that maybe come April 1st, to begin rearranging your schedule, to sit in your room and turn on a TV and, and, and pray for four hours and stand with the Lord in the night. If you're tonight, are called by the Lord to stand in the night, I want you to stand. You have a longing in your heart to stand in the night or you believe the Lord has called you to stand in the night, I want you to stand up. I want to pray for you. Let's just stand around. Say, do you want, just different ones. So we just lay hands them. We're going to pray for them. Father, I ask you. Lord, for these ones, Lord, whom you are calling those who you are stirring by your spirit Lord you said in your word in Matthew 25 verse 6 at midnight a cry will be heard the bridegroom is coming go out and meet him Father I ask you Lord that you put that cry in their inner man the bridegroom is coming go out and meet him the bridegroom is coming go out and meet him This is the hour. This is the generation of the Lord's return. The bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. At midnight a cry will be heard in the watches of the night of the nations of the earth. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Lord, I ask you that you would release grace, grace upon grace upon grace upon his night watchmen. Fathers, strengthen their frames. Fathers, rearrange their circumstances. Release finances in their lives. Release marvelous comrades, O oh God, that will strengthen them and that will encourage them to stand in the night. Behold, bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord who stand in the house of the Lord by night. Stand in the house of the Lord. Bless His name. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. The Lord who made heaven and earth, he will bless you from Zion. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would bless these night watchmen, Lord, even in this in this auditorium. Those who are on God TV at home, Father, I ask you that you would bless the night watchmen. Release the very fire of God upon their hearts, Lord, even now. Strengthen, oh God, their weary bodies. Strengthen and stabilize their emotions grace upon grace upon grace upon their hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord is touching you, feel free to remain standing. Just whatever you want to do. The Lord has great zeal to lead the Jacob generation into their inheritance, which is the fullness of anointing, of holiness, and wisdom. He's inviting us into the place where he will engage us in a wrestling match. Beloved, God is not intimidated by our unsettled issues. He's not afraid. He will draw near to us as we draw near to him, even in our weakness. I want to encourage us tonight, that regardless of what it is that you've had in your past, in your recent past, and your long recent past, whatever the issues are, that the Lord has great zeal to usher you into your inheritance as it relates to the realm of power. And he wants us to draw near to him in a place of prayer. He will draw near to us in a place of fasting and prayer where he will wrestle with us. It will be a divine wrestling. And Jacob's identity was changed from usurper, manipulator, deceiver to one who is called a prince of God. One who would stand in a place of authority, who will rule with God, with the anointing, and power, authority, and wisdom. It is a wrestling through the night of repentance, fasting, prayer, and the word, and obedience to God that will lead to the changing of our emotional chemistries. As the Lord is going to release this generation into their inheritance of an open heaven. I invite you to stand. So I'll stand. So I'll just close our eyes. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. So just wait on the Lord. Release your presence, Lord, and speak to your people. Come, Lord. Lord, speak, Lord. you know in your heart tonight that the Lord is calling you to wage war in the grace of God against besetting sins in your souls. But I want encourage you to